So we're now deep into this discussion about leadership and dealing with others and giving advice to others. And thereby highlighted the idea of humility and how critical that is vis-a-vis our relationship with others and how when you recognize your own uh, you have skin in the game and when you're talking to someone else it's not just someone else but you, you could identify with your own shortcomings albeit maybe to a lesser degree to the person you're speaking to um, when when you have that that spirit of humility then your words can be healing to the other person so now there begins to address a question about this the question of addresses is that it seems that the Torah gives the opposite advice Torah says that a leader has to lead with uh, I think the words forbearance he has, he has to lead with strength he has to lead with with power and how does this fit in with this idea of humility so we're up to page 344 in uh, the new paragraph but we still need to understand that God the leader of the generation is the God he is when we use the word the God the great one of the generation we're talking about the leader so by the tzaddik of the generation by him being marpe by him being weak and not uh, exalting himself over the community by him making himself equal to his community by doing this, by weakening his position, by not being so overbearing, he is able to heal others. He's able, through his teshuva, through his efforts, he's able to bring refu, he's able to bring healing to the sin of the generation. This, this seems to contradict the whole idea of leadership. Leadership is meant to be that the leader is, is exalted, is lifted above everyone else. As Rabbi advised someone, you should conduct your leadership with Birama, upright, strong, be, 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 be up there, be forceful, be, be bold. Throw bitterness in your students, meaning your students should, should be, have fear of you. So, this seems to contradict this whole idea of being humble before your students, being vulnerable, being in it, being talking to yourself with them. It, it seems to contradict the advice of Rabbi Yudan Asi, who says that you have to be bold and you have to your students should should sit in fear of you. understood the leadership has to be with this boldness, with this exaltedness. So how is it possible that the leader of the generation is classifying himself in the same zone as a community? And the question gets greater. And not just to put himself in the same category as a community, but in fact to say 
that he could find in himself, albeit in a more subtle form, the same issues that he finds in the community. And especially as we were learning that if he doesn't do this, he causes sin to the generation, he causes death to himself. We're not just saying this is a nice thing to do, we're saying this is a critical thing to do when it seems that the advice of Yudnasi flies in the face of all that we're discussing. If he doesn't equate himself to the generation, if he doesn't find in himself the faults of the generation in himself, he is sinning to them. He is causing he is causing sin to them. So what's what's going on? Achainin, no explanation is explanations like this. This advice that Rebbe gave, you should lead, you should, your leadership should be bold. What he meant is that you should not do something that contradicts your leadership. You shouldn't do something which is which is unbecoming of a leader. Just like a Tamil Chacham is not supposed to mingle with everyone, so to a leader of the Jewish people, a king, is also not supposed to mingle with everybody else. The word Nasi in Hebrew means someone who is exalted, someone who is uplifted. Also the word the Rebbe used, Rama, you should, you should conduct your leadership. Rama means with with, with be, being exalted, being uplifted. That's only vis-a-vis your leadership. The people should be concerned. People should be careful about your honor. Rashi says you should put your fear upon them so that they know that you're in bo- you're the boss. They should know you're the leader. So too, when it says your students, you should throw bitterness in your students, there is a measure and a limit to how that works. In order that your students should be able to hear your words properly, they should accept your words properly. When there is a student-teacher relationship, the point is that the students should hear and receive and absorb the words of the teacher. That's the idea of of giving them this sense of bitterness. That means that they should have this sense of reverence for the teacher that they should hear him. We'll just turn off the heater, heater for a second. Mara, which I'm translating as bitter, is also uh, used as a um, 
for the gallbladder. Um, and it says that the, the liver has this, this, um, this anger in it, and the gallbladder is what uh, quiets the anger of the gallbladder. So Zreik of Marabal Tamim, throw the gallbladder in your students. Uh, I'm not, unfortunately, Dr. Bressman isn't here, so I can't uh, fact check my translation. Um, but something like the gallbladder doing something to quiet the liver. So when it says in the Torah you should throw the mara, throw bitterness in your students, it also means you should throw something there that calms them down. Meaning your role is that your students should be in a state of reverence for you. Your role is not that they should um, they should that they shouldn't be frightened of you, and that they shouldn't that there should be something missing in your connection with them. Obviously. If Yonatan puts on a screen, I'll tell, I'll tell you a mice. Uh, but let, let's go further. Um, if you don't give them the appropriate measurement of, just like physically, if there's not the appropriate amount of the gallbladder is not doing its job, so then the liver will not will not become. And if there's too much of impact of the gallbladder on the uh, on the the um, on the liver, so then that's, that, that that the person gets get sick So the mice says the story is like this. There was after Rebbe Rasha passed away, the Shiva Lov Lubavitch was in Rostov. And it became very difficult to um, uh, find a place for the yeshiva. So Rabbi Chitzchak Al was one of the students at the time. He said that, um, like Rasmin, are you in shul? I'm in shul. I'm upstairs. Okay, thank you. So um, he said that. Um, He said that they had a hard time finding a place for the yeshiva, so they uh, eventually found a, uh, a shul that would take them. And the shul had two floors. And uh, the problem was, was that there was another group of students from another yeshiva, yeshiva Navardok, and yeshiva Navardok also wanted their own place. So in the wintertime, the, the best place was downstairs, and somehow the yeshiva Navardok managed to get there first, and they got the warm downstairs, while the other yeshiva was upstairs. And all of a sudden, in the summertime, when it became hot downstairs, so this downstairs was, was smaller, so the, when the oven was on, it was able to warm, warm up the whole downstairs. But the uh, upstairs was freezing, and it wasn't just that they stayed there to learn, they stayed there all day, they slept there. So it was really hard during the uh, wintertime. So in the summertime, they, on the contrary, they enjoyed the fact that they were able to be in a comfortable area where there was, which was more area, airy. But one morning they come up to their their place in the base medish to their to their uh, area in the synagogue, and lo and behold, all the students in the Vardak are there, and each there are two boys by each by each table, and uh, 
What are they gonna do now? So they asked them to please go back to their whatever it was. It was messy. So they went to their madrich, the leader of their group, and uh, Dr. Bresman. I'll help you. I'll help you. So they had a difficulty because they wanted to um, get these boys to go back to their place downstairs and they wanted to enjoy finally the... uh, the uh, fresh air upstairs that they were suffering with the whole winter, so they went to the head of their of the of the Navardik Yeshiva, whose name was Ramardchai. Ramardchai, this is the problem. This is the issue. Can you please help us out? So Ramardchai did not react well to their request. In fact, he was downright upset, and he was so upset that he slapped the boy who asked this. And not only did he slap him, he he really like let loose on it. And the boys were appalled. And they, one of them said, hey, aren't you guys learning works of Musr, works of Torah ethics? How can you have such anger? So Mardachai said, it's not anger. What I'm exhibiting over here is a spilus. Spilus means excitement. In other words, he, he put uh, the proverbial uh, lipstick on a pig. He gave it a kosher title for his bad behavior. So, um, so when it says in the Torah that the leader has to exhibit uh, greatness and leadership and strength, there's a measurement, the one that's kosher and when it's not. And uh, just like the impact of the gallbladder on the liver. Did I say that right, Dr. Ressman? Yes. Okay, good. So, uh, so, so the gallbladder has to quiet the liver. Does that make sense? And, and if it's well, too it much, has to empty so the liver doesn't get congested. Okay, and if there's too much of it, too little of it. Yeah, you get bile, you get jaundice. Okay, so 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 the word that we're using for gallbladder is mara, and so just like there's a there's appropriate measurement between the relationship between the gallbladder and the liver, so too must there be a the right measure of reverence of the students to their teacher. The right measure, so it can't be because a teacher has some insecurity issues, and therefore he is like, you know, he's weighing himself down on the students. Getting back to the leader, uh, it says also in the Torah, "Do not put inflict too much fear in your home." The family of the leader, the family of the scholar, are his students. They're considered his family. So therefore, on the one hand, there has, he has to act with them in a way that they know that they should have respect for him, they should have reverence for him. But there has to be with a measurement, there has to be with a limit. It's only in order they should hear what he has to say and they should accept what he has to say, but not that he is trying to uh, exert his authority, that's how all of leadership is meant to be, that there is a sense of exaltedness, 
There is a difference between the, the laws of a king and the laws of a Jewish leader who is not a king. A king is not allowed to forgive his honor. A leader is allowed to forgive his honor. So when we say that a, when Rabbi advised this leader that he has to be exalted, there, there's a limit to it. Isn't it? It, it there's, you have to know what your function, what your job is, and know how it's meant to be. One of the reasons that God take us, took us out of Egypt was because, was because we did not change our names. So you have to know what you're doing. Are you expressing? Was if I bring and this guy was uh, talking about bragging about his accomplishments, and. Uh, it says in the Talmud that a, a Talmud Chacham has to have an eighth of an eighth of, of, of pride. This guy had gone beyond the eighth. He's gone, you know, beyond the fir- beyond the ten yard uh, uh, first down achievement. And everyone at the Fabregan was looking at this guy and like holding back their smiles from this guy's arrogance. <laughs> and the guy, the guy just used a Hasidic word in order to purify his uh, behavior. Um, it was a boy in, in Yeshiva Lubavitch who um, he, he, uh, he, he said to another boy, I'm just going to have some mazenis. That's a bracha we say for cake, right? So the other boy is like, why don't you say, that there are the, a Shilm Karatan, who was Mashpin Lubavitch, he says, say like it is. Say you're having cake. Say you're having cookies. Don't give it a holy term and thus kosherize it. So, so this guy, yeah, he was he was exhibiting arrogance. He had arrogance. It was a fabrengan, and he was using the fabrengan to uh, to to show off. That's what it was. So so just because you are a leader, and just because Rebbe says a leader has to have uh, exert, he has to has to be he revered. You have to know what the role is over here. Is it the, so? Your word should be accepted, or is it because you have some insecurity issues, and therefore you're, therefore you want to put the other people down, and they should should give you. Excessive respect. Are you Haman? You want everyone to bow down to you? Where is this going? So, so that's the advice that Torah gives about a uh, leader. Unlike a king, where the Torah says that a king cannot forgive his honor. However, even by a king, the Torah says a king's spirit should not be exalted over everyone else. Although we're seeing that he can't forgive his honor, and there's certain things he cannot do, but still, he cannot feel above everyone. Kosh can not see how much more so a regular leader who is not in the position of a monarch. And this is the meaning of the Pasuk. If a spirit of leadership, if you have received a position of leadership, do not leave your place. The attribute of humility that you had before you became a leader, do not leave it aside. Because if you will be weak in your leadership, if you'll be weak in your exaltedness, if you won't consider yourself so important, you will be able to, first of all, not be guilty of everyone else's wrongdoing. It won't be your fault. Because of your humility, you will not be castigated. You won't be accused because of the sins of others. It won't be your fault. Because you will, won't be stroking the fire and, and, and making things worse by your behavior. Voids, I said even more, 
when you equate yourself to everyone else and you find in yourself a trace of what everyone else has, then when you talk to others, you're also talking to yourself. Besides the fact that it will bother you, the 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 you'll bother you your own your own problems because you realize that you're you're part of this. When besides the fact that the sin of the generation will bother you. Because you feel that you're part of the generation, you're in the same 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 category as everyone else. I can tell you about Mordechai that Mordechai, although it wasn't it wasn't the event of the decree of Haman. Um, it says in the Torah, Mordechai knew what happened to him. Although Mordechai was the uh, the uncle of Esther and he was advisor to the king, etc., but he felt whatever is happening to Jewish people. Is happening to him. So, besides the fact the leader of generation is is affected because he feels what's going on in his generation, and he feels this is happening to him in his where he was. Like Alva Shom Rabbi Reichik, like when there was issues with Kashrus in this town, he took it personal, and he went Mr. Nefesh to to try to um, try to change what's going on in the in the Kashrus. It wasn't like oh, there's, there there there's some issues in some stores. He took it personally. He's like, why is this happening? And he did whatever he could to change it. So he, he, it bothered him personally. He says, besides the fact that you care about others' mistakes, besides that, it touches the very deepest core of your heart, the issues that you have in some subtle form. Not only is it bother you what everyone else is doing, but you also, the traces that, that you have of this issue, since you know the gr- the gravity of it it bothers you till your till your very core. And the leader of the generation has great pain from it, and he does tshuva from the depth of his heart. He works very hard in Torah and Tefillah to correct what the traces of these issues is he, that he finds in himself. So when he puts himself in the same category as everybody else, and he considers their problem to be his own problem. And he finds a trace of their problem in himself. So then when he says words to them about what they need to do, the words come from the very core of his heart. There is a covenant, there's a promise that God gave to lips. The promise God gave to lips is the words that come from the heart enter the heart of the listener. So besides the fact that he is not guilty for the sins of the generation, because he's talking this way, and he's talking in a way that's not going to put people off. On the contrary, he's going to be able to heal the great sins of the generation. By him equating himself to the community, by him equating himself with the people, the power of Torah, he is empowering the people in his generation to fix their mistake. By him rebuking them, letting them know what they're doing. By his words of rebuke, he's making them closer to the Torah. So by him teaching the Torah and them learning about the Torah, they'll be inspired to hold themselves back from making these grave mistakes. For example, when he teaches them the laws of Shabbos, the laws of kosher. So a lot of times people just don't know 
And there are very serious issues in kosher and Shabbos that people transgress just because they simply don't know. So there are many Rishonim, many of the early codifiers of Jewish law that talk about issues that are punishable by stoning, by excision, by cutting off the neshama, uh, by, uh, by a carbon chatas. So chas people transgress all these things just because they don't know about it. So by the tzadik of the generation being weak, not by him being humble, by him, being, by him not leaving his place of humility that he was that he had before he became a leader, by him not being so exalted and so overbearing, and by him including himself with the community, and because he is in that state of feeling, bearing the burden with them, feeling that he is in the same place as them, he is always able to speak with inspiration. He always speaks from his heart, and thereby he's able to heal the great sins of the of the generation. Um, in short, what we did today was we learned the this this the question we had: what, How is the Rebbe saying that the leader of the generation uh, meant to be so humble when the Rebbe says he's supposed to be exalted? And we answer that there is a time and place for everything, and you have to know the measurement of what you're trying to accomplish. And the the most important ingredient isn't that people uh, revere you. It's as they say in America, people don't care much, as much as you know until they know how much you care. I have no idea. So um, so by you by him putting himself in the same category as everybody else, and and him feeling that their issues are his his issues. Number two, that he has his own issues himself, not just because he cares about them. Their issues are his issues, but more that he finds this in himself. Then he, when he talks to them, he's not talking to them; he's talking to himself, and there, and therefore they can hear him, and they, and they'll, and they'll be, they'll be inspired, and a lot of things that they simply don't know, and they, and they'll, only, they'll only be able to know about these things until once he, um, when he talks and he puts himself in there, in there, in there, he talks in a way with, with humility that they could hear him. Any questions or comments or criticism? All right, great day, Jonathan. Great day, David. Retroat. Do you have any interest in biblical archaeology? Do I own any biblical archaeology?